Thank you guys for having me, yeah. Give them a round of applause. Wasn't that incredible? It's fun worshiping up alongside of you guys. So as he said, my name is Pastor Kevin. A lot of my students call me Rev Kev. If you don't know, Reverend is another name for pastor, and it rhymes, so why not? So they call me Rev Kev. This weekend, how many of you guys have seen the theme, seen like the logo, at least seen the t-shirts or something for the weekend? The out to sea theme. All right, so before we get started, if you don't have a Bible, if you didn't bring one, if you forgot it, go ahead and raise your hands. I believe some of the volunteers will be coming down handing out some of the Bibles. You know how I can tell this is going to be an awesome, awesome, awesome weekend? There's a kayak on stage, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's going to be a good weekend, right? So this is my wife's kayak. I have a blue one. You, you probably can't tell from there, but this is what we call a sit-on-top kayak, okay? Now that I got down here, I'm not sure I can get back up, but so this is a sit-on-top kayak because I'm not inside of it, right? Like, it doesn't have the thing coming over top. At home, I have one that's my kayak, that is the sit-in kayak you kind of sit in. Now, I like to go out kayaking. A few years back, I got my kayak. My wife bought it for me. It was a gift. She surprised me with it. And I went probably three times a week. Like, I, I went a lot. There's a lake near where I lived. I went out. And uh, my wife was like, hey, I think I'd like to go kayaking with you. So I'm like, man, this is awesome. But obviously, two people in one kayak doesn't work, right? right? That's called sinking, right? So that wasn't going to work. So I was like, oh, well, we have to get you one. So we ended up getting her this one. And we went out there kayaking, and it was fun and for the first 10 minutes. And then you know what she did? I was kayaking. So picture me in my kayak. I'm paddling around. It's, it's, it's a lake, so it's not like a current. You have to paddle yourself. She's like, hey, Kevin, I have an idea. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. She goes, Kevin, what if we tied my kayak to your kayak, and then I can sunbathe, and you can go around wherever you want? So here, for the rest of the time of kayaking, I'm out there paddling, and then I was getting a little more winded, right? Kind of like running from those invisible bears. I was getting tired and winded, and I would look back, and she's just back there, just having a blast, observing, and like out of breath. And so she ended up just sunbathing. And another fun thing about this kayak, my buddy and I knows I had kayaks. He's like, hey, what about you and I go out? We, uh, he's like, my, I'm getting married soon, and for my bachelor party, uh, I want to do like a camping, kayaking kind of day. I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. I better be invited. He's like, yeah, yeah, you'll come. So he said, before we go out, I want to make sure, like, let's kind of scout out the river to make sure it's something that we could just go tubing down or kayaking down. So we load up my kayaks. We go out there, and it's actually kind of near here where we went kayaking. And we go about, you know, a mile, two miles. And then there's this uh, picture yourself. You're in a kayak, okay, in a, in a river you've never been on. And there's like a cable running across the river, and <laughs> the sign said caution. I'm like, hey, Drew? Drew? Uh, that's not a word I want to see when I'm floating down a river. And then, and then a little bit later, you see another sign roped across the river that said, dam ahead, 100 feet. And I was like, that's our cue to get out. So then we paddle off to the side, and like we, get, we walk down and around, kind of around the, this 10-foot wall of water coming up and over, and there's logs like spinning in the dam. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad we got out. And then we're walking through this big field carrying two kayaks, so we're, you picture us like just walking, soaking wet. We're kayaking. We weren't expected to be walking, carrying the kayaks. It's supposed to go the other way. The kayaks carry us. So we're walking, and then we're, I'm noticing there's a fence all the way around the field. So I'm holding the kayaks, and I was like, huh. 
Hey, Drew, uh, can you like help me out? Just keep looking back over my shoulder. Um, it didn't happen, it didn't, but I was expecting a huge bull like in the middle of this field, and I'm just holding this kayak. So we get back on the river, and we keep floating down, floating down, and there had to have been like four or five different signs roped across the river, times we had to get out and in and out. So it, me, this kayak and I, we're good buddies. We've been through quite a bit together, all right? So as we're getting into this series, we're going to be doing the Out to Sea series. We're going to be talking about Out to Sea. Now, I, I kind of want to set the scene for you because when you're out to sea, you, how many of you guys have like been on a cruise or out you guys like boating or like maybe even going out fishing or something on the water? All right. So we're, we're picturing like out to sea. I'm not talking about a vacation though, okay? I, I kind of want to set the stage for us that like this isn't a vacation that we're out to sea on, all right? This, uh, I, I want us to understand, like, that all of us are out there without a boat, with no lifesaver, no life jacket. How many of you guys have done, like, a challenge where you've had to try to tread water for a long time? You ever done that? What's the longest? How many of you guys have done, like, a 15-minute tread of the water? Okay. All right. So, m- one time my dad said, hey, Kevin, I bet you can't tread water for 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, yeah? Watch me. Then I'm treading water for, like, five minutes, 10 minutes. I'm now looking back, now that I'm a dad, I'm looking back thinking, you know what, I'm pretty sure that was my dad's way of saying, hey, Kevin, I'm going to sit in the lawn chair, you go try to tread water for 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, dad, I got this. All right, how many of you guys have done like a half hour? Anybody done half hour? Have you? All right, a few hands, kind of, maybe. You're like 29 minutes and 59 seconds, but close, all right. So how many of you guys have done over an hour of treading water? Treading water? No? Okay, so... So this is what I'm wanting you to picture, okay? I want you to picture that you are, there's no boat in sight, no land in sight, no flotation device, nothing. Like, you are out to sea, hopelessly treading water. You're like, wow, what a great introduction, Kevin. This is going really well. All right, but I want you to picture that there is, like, you have no hope that you're just fighting waves. There's a storm in the sea. I want you to even picture, okay? Uh, I hope nobody, like, even at the mention of blood gets queasy. Okay, I want you to picture that you're, like, you're cut and you're battered, you're bruised, you're out to sea, you're, you're fighting the waves. There's a storm coming in, it's dark, you're getting dehydrated, and there's sharks in the water. Like, that's what I want you to picture, okay? You're like, wow, I don't want to picture that. That's terrifying. Like, that's my worst nightmare. All right? So that's what I want you to picture because going into this, the, the point of this lesson is that the whole idea of Christianity is before we're saved, before we're a Christian, before we meet Christ, that we are out to sea hopeless. Okay, Scripture goes to far, so far as to say that we are lost. All right, now, it's one of those things where I don't want to, you know, like sometimes pastors say, now imagine you're having the worst day in your life. Like, you woke up and stubbed your toe. You're like, that's pretty bad, but eh, probably not the worst day of my life. Like, this, the state of what I'm talking about is hard to exaggerate. Because when God says, he says, listen, you were born in your sin, and you were destined for punishment. Okay, not just like physical punishment, not just thrown in jail, not just abuse. He says there is an eternal punishment that you deserve, right? So me talking about being out to water, even in that hopeless scene, is still not severe enough to explain what he's talking about. You know why? Because I'm going to go through some verses. As we go through these, I think a lot of the verses you'll probably recognize. I think a lot of these you may even have memorized. Romans 3.23 is one of them. How many of you guys have that memorized? Okay, or at least maybe heard of it. Once I read it, I think even if you haven't been to church too long, I think you'll probably recognize this verse. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned and fall short 
of God's glorious standard. Okay, at first you hear that and you're like, okay, what does that mean? Like, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. That, that seems kind of like confusing maybe. What, is that? what does that really mean? Now, what this is saying is that when you were born, you were born without the hope of heaven. Okay, you're born that in you, you are like lost out to sea. Again, picture like the waves crashing, storm coming, darkness, sharks, blood, everything like just the worst case scenario. Okay, you have no hope of like meeting God. You're out to sea, right? Like you, when you die, there's no hope that comes afterwards. Why? Because then Romans 6.23, look at what Romans 6.23 says. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, and I love that. I love that it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life, right? Because when you're out to sea, you don't have hope of what comes afterwards. But then, but then there's this word thrown in there that says, but you have a free gift of God, which is eternal life. Right, because out there on your own, when you're swimming, you're, you're fighting to, to stay above the waves. You're trying to gasp to, to catch your breath. You're trying to stay out of the water. You're, you're doing anything you can to, to, to survive, right? And you're, you're fighting, you're, you're lifting your head. And then there's these things floating around, right? And in life, you know, as, as you're floating around, you, you say, like, you know what? I don't know, like, is it really that bad? Because what you start to do is you start to collect things, right? You have some driftwood out there. You're, not, you, you're like, Kevin life doesn't seem that bad, right? You're like, listen, I have popularity. Like some of you might be popular in your school. Some of you are like, you know what, Kevin? I have some, some hobbies that I'm holding on to and I have some driftwood that's kind of keep me afloat. Okay, and then some of you might say, you know what? I have like, I, I have some talents. Like there's some talents I have that like I love sports. I'm doing really well in sports and you start collecting these things and you're like, you know what? It doesn't seem that bad. And you're floating around, and then you add more. You're like, heaven, but what I have is I have school, and I have these things that are, and you even try to, like, collect them all, and you try to tie them together. And, you know, this is where it starts to get hard because you're trying to balance all these things of life. And then as you're out there, you see something kind of strange floating around. You see this thing floating out there, and you're like, man, that looks a little different than what I have. It looks like I have this driftwood. I have my... My, my, my friends, I have popularity, I've got talents, I've got school, I'm, like, I'm, I'm succeeding in school, I've got good grades. And then you look over and you're like, that seems similar, but, but it is, it's kind of different. Like, maybe this will help me out. Maybe I should grab hold. And you realize that there's this free gift tossed out to you. Good thing that wasn't my toe. All right, so you have this, you're out there trying to balance this, and you're holding on to this lifesaver. Right, and you're thinking, okay, like, life is going pretty good. Life, life seems to be all right. And what you discover is in Scripture, it says that Christ came down to us. But here's what it says. In Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, God saved you by his grace. Be thinking again. I, I want you to be remembering that word gift. Right? This was just tossed out to you. You didn't do anything to earn it. It's not like you're a good swimmer and you can't really, like, compare yourself and say, hey, I'm better than that person swimming. Or, hey, look at my pile of driftwood. Or look at my raft. Because sometimes in this world... People that aren't Christians, you're going to look at their life and be like, man, that, like, they, they seem to have it all together. They, might, they may have even built a raft, right? They have this string that they, they have like, taken and they've tied everything together. And they, yeah, they still seem to be struggling, but they, they seem to be doing all right. And then they strung together all of their driftwood. And you're looking over at them, you're like, man, is, is this really different? Like, is this different than all the voices out here? Is, that really, is, is my lifesaver really 
anything different. And what you're doing is you're trying to hold on to everything that you've built up. You're trying to hold on to your driftwood, to your raft, and you're saying, listen, but like, I don't think I can give this up. I don't know if I want to give this up. Like, it's helped me. You don't understand. Like, this has given me some sense of purpose. Like, I, I don't know if I want to just drop this right now because it's doing really well for me. I'm not sure that, like, that, that this is much different. Like, this lifesaver just seems meek and it seems mild. It, it doesn't really, like, the, the people out here drifting around on these rafts, they, they seem to have it more together than this, this little, like, lifesaver. Is this really different? And in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift. Or again, there, there's that word gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. No one of us can boast because it's not like we earned it. It's not like we did anything. When we were floating out there, it's not like we did anything to earn the lifesaver. And when we're out there, out lost at sea, again, the darkness, the storm, the waves, everything that's crashing around us, when we're out here like this, sometimes it can feel comfortable. You know, sometimes you're like, listen, I, I seem to have everything together. And you're like, my, my life is better than it was. You know, it, it's not as bad as it could get. I'm not as bad as that person, but, you know, one day I'd like to be like that. But here's the truth. God cast out a gift, and you know what it says? It says that if you try to hold on to the world, the things you've built up, your own kingdom, and you try to, try to hold on to the lifesaver here, it, it doesn't work. It, it, you're just adding a little bit of, of hope, but that's not much more. When you grab Christ, it isn't just something that you're like, ah, you know, I, I think I'd like to maybe add Christ to my life. You know, I, I, but, but I, don't, I don't really want to change that much. I don't really want to, to be that different. I, I don't want to be, like, called weird or something. But you know what has to happen? Christ says, listen, I'm the only way, the truth, and life. What he's saying is he says, you need to toss down your kingdom. You can't hold on to any hope you, you thought you had other than me. He says, I need you to hold on to me and me alone. And in John 3.16, how many of you guys know that verse or have heard it before? Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read John 3.16, but here's what I want. If you haven't memorized, I want you to pretend like you've never heard this verse before. Okay, I want you to pretend like this is the first time you're hearing this verse, you've never heard it before, and that I'm going to be pausing as I read this. Because I think a lot of us, like, when you memorize, you're like, forgot to love the world that gave his only begotten to other who believes in him. And I haven't memorized, right? But we don't think about what it means anymore. Right now, I want us to, to just sit and pause, and as, it's going to be good because I want us to be able to look at it on the screen, and I want us to pause as we read it. And it says, for this is how God loved the world. Think about that. God loved the world. God loves us. When you hear that, you're like, okay, yeah, like I've heard that before. Think of how crazy that is. That we are out here in the middle of the ocean. The truth is in Scripture, it says that we're actually like in rebellion against him. Okay, we're not going to go too down, far down that path, but we need to understand this. Us being out at sea isn't just like we're like friends of God. It was an accident, big whoop. Okay, sorry. No, it says that if we're not for God, that we are against him. It's like we're the enemy people floating around in the ocean. It's like that we're the enemies of God. But look at the beauty of this verse. Even though we're enemies, it says, for God so loved the world. It says, and this is how God loved the world. And then what does he do? It says that he gave his one and only son. Look, that he cast his son out and said, listen, there's people out there that I love, and son, Jesus, you were the lifesaver. I want you to be cast out. I want to throw you out so that you can go and bring people in. 
The father says, I love them so much that son is going to be a sacrifice for us. Son is going to be hard for us. But I know there's people out there that are, that are trying desperately to hold on to the things of this world. They're trying to hold on to the hope. They're, 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 they're reaching for driftwood thinking that might save them. And God says, but listen, my love wants to save them. He says, so I'm going to give my one and only son. Why? Because before that, remember, we're hopeless. We're, we're facing death. And then it says that, so whoever believes in him, right? Because you know what isn't belief? When you're just kind of taking him but holding on to everything else. This isn't true belief. This is just like, oh, you know what? How about you kind of be my genie? I'm going to pray to you when I get in trouble. I'm going to, uh, you know, when I'm starting to struggle, I'll, okay, maybe then I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you. But, but really, I want you to like just kind of be added to, to my raft, because you know what, Jesus, like, people say you're different, but I don't know, like, I, I really like, and what we're doing is we're focusing on what we already have, and we ignore him, and then when we get in trouble, we're like, hey, I thought you were supposed to be a lifesaver, I thought you were supposed to save me, and we look back, and we're like, okay, whew, I got through that test, or that, that tough grade, or hey, I, I made it through the sports season, hey, we won the championship, and what we're doing is we're holding on, but what this verse says, it says that everyone who believes in him, this is not true belief. It says that we have to cast everything else out and we have to say, listen, nothing else in my life matters. That Christ, I don't know how it's going to work. I don't, like, it doesn't make sense in my human mind because everyone else around me has their rafts, has their driftwood. Like, I'm going to look so different than everyone else around me. Like, Jesus, I, I don't know if I have enough faith. I, what am I supposed to do? And it says that whoever believes in him will not perish. Right? Because God loves us. He sent his son to us, his one and only son down to us. And it says that if you believe in him, you won't perish. You won't die. Right? Because before we're fighting these waves and we're like, man, is this is supposed to save me? Like, wasn't Jesus just a man? Wasn't Jesus just alive like 2,000 years ago? Is the Bible really still true? Is it outdated? Because my, like, I'm seeing television shows that are saying that oh, I shouldn't trust the Bible. I'm seeing these things. I'm listening to the other voices in the ocean that say, hey, that's no different. Look at my rafter. Hey, like, I've proven that that isn't the real way. And you're like, do I really believe? And he's still saying, listen, trust me. Believe in me. I'm the only way for you not to perish. But you will have eternal life. Because remember, I was, I was saying that when we're out to sea, it's not just a physical death we're facing. We're not just talking physical harm. We're talking a forever punishment. Why? Because we deserve it. We're enemies of God. The reason we're floating in the ocean is because we're fighting against God. And in our own strength, we're, 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 we're trying to swim. But have you ever noticed that the more you try to fix things yourself, a lot of times you make a bigger mess of it? You try to, yeah, I heard some yeses. Yeah, you're like, yeah, let me tell you a story, kid, right? You're like, I can relate to this. Right? A lot of times when we try to fix things ourselves, we get more exhausted. We, get, we make a bigger mess. We start losing things. We start dropping them. Like I said, like I was holding this up here, and it's like you start losing balance of everything you have. And Jesus says, listen, not only are you not going to face death, but you will have eternal life. And you're like, man, is this really that different? But you know the beauty of it is? He's, he says, you know what? I'm the only way. In John 14, 6, another verse. Again, we're going through verses that I think a lot of us have memorized. John 14, 6 says, listen, I am the only way. Listen, what he says, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. 
No one comes to the Father except through the lifesaver. Because here's what's the, the beauty of it. There's going to be voices around you. There's going to be other religions. There's going to be science. There's going to be things you read about that, that try to say, hey, we have hope. But you know what the truth is? They are just other voices floating around in the ocean next to you. They're not all that much different because you know the truth of it? The reason you need to drop everything else is because you need to grab on with both hands. And because what you're doing is you're holding on to him. You're saying, Jesus, are you really different than my driftwood? And he says, just trust me. Because then further in John, do you know what he says? This is so cool. I love this. In John 3.13, it says, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. Because here's the beauty of it. You're holding on to Christ, and you say, you know what, Jesus? I am going to let go of my driftwood raft. Okay, I am going to give those things up, but Jesus, I know I have to hold on to you. And then Jesus gives this promise. He says, listen, no one's been to heaven and returned except for the Son of Man who is sent down from heaven. And here's what you do. You start noticing, you're like, man, this is, this is different than my driftwood. I don't, I don't, this doesn't seem that much different, but this is different. Like, I don't know if this is much better. And you start pulling, and you're still kind of fighting the waves. You're still struggling in life. And you're like, man, is this really going to save me? Like, this, it was hard, but I had at least together. And is this really going to be that different? You're starting to pull, and you're noticing, you're like, God, Jesus, I, I really am trusting you. And I'm using both of my hands. And then what he says is in John six thirty eight. look what it says. It says, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And what you discover is that you're like, hey, whoa, what is this? This is different. That sounds different. And I need you to use your imagination, right? Because a kayak out in the middle of the ocean, a stormy sea with darkness, sharks, all that, that won't be much different. But I talked to some Navy generals, and they wouldn't let me borrow a warship for the weekend. Dream killers. So I was like, man, uh, uh, it's Cornerstone Camp. Come on, I need a warship. And they're like, Kevin, you know, I don't, I don't know if I can let you do that. So we're going to have to use, like, our imagination, okay? Not like those, like, 2006, how many bears were there? Those aren't fake. Those are real. Right, those are real. That's not imagined. Like, that's not imagined. Those are real. But pretend, all right? Use your imagination for this, all right? That this is a warship, right? Because imagine being out at sea, and all you've seen is driftwood. All you've seen is these little things that have offered maybe a little bit of hope, but realistically, they were a distraction. Because the longer you look here, the less you'll look up and realize that floating behind you was a massive kayak warship, right? That floating out there, that when you're floating around, when you're looking at the wood, and you're like, man, is that really different? And you're starting to pull, and you're saying, Jesus, I've given up everything. I've given up friends. I've given up house and home. I've given up my dreams. I've given up my will. I've given up sports. Is it really that different? And then you discover, you look up and you realize that Christ was sent down from a warship, right? That the lifesaver by himself, sure, he was a meek man that if you just said, there's no way he's actually the son of God. If you just dismiss him, he'll just look like one of the other world religions. He'll just look like one of the other prophets. He'll just look like any ordinary man. But you realize that Christ said, listen, in this world, we're going to have trouble. In this world, in the ocean, it's going to look like, okay, maybe I'm just, but he says, listen, I promise there's more to me. Because of what God says, God says, listen, I am sending my son out from the worship in a weird way. It's like he cast him down from heaven and says, listen, son, you're going to take the punishment that we all deserve. He says, listen, you're going to go out there. There's going to be people who are still enemies of you, and those are the ones we're going to die for. 
And Jesus says, listen, I didn't just come down and say, hey, let me just join your life and kind of be added on to the things you're doing. Jesus says, listen, give up everything. It's going to be hard, but realize that what I'm telling you is that there is a warship behind me. Jesus is saying that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. He's saying, listen, I'm not just a piece of driftwood. I'm not like these driftwood rafts. The, the very, like, my rudders, the, the, the wake behind my boat will destroy every raft around. There is no hope apart from me. Jesus says, listen, when I'm coming through that, I offer true hope. That when you realize that attached to me is not just more sticks, attached to me is the very hope that will save you, you realize this is far different. And he says, listen, I'm not just coming with more sticks attached to me. I'm coming with an army. I'm coming with a navy. I'm coming with the power of all heavens. I'm the creator of all things. Nothing can stand against me. He says, listen, it is going to be hard to believe when you first grab on and realize, is he really that different? But he says, keep tugging, keep pulling, realize there is more to me than will first meet your eye. And he says, remember, because I'm the only one that came down from the worship, because all the other men with their driftwood, all the other men with their rafts, they just say, listen, I think I know the way. I want to help you. They may even have good intentions, but they haven't met the worship. They haven't come from the worship. They're not even allowed. They're still enemies of that worship. And when you're floating through the ocean, remember the darkness, the sharks, the sea, the waves, the storm, the dehydration, everything is setting in. And finally you get one thing that looks different. And he says, Kevin, pull. And he says, you finally realize I'm different. And a lot of people say, oh, you know what? Like, is it really worth giving up all that? Is it really worth giving up all my dreams? Is it worth all my hope? The moment you realize, the moment you first touch that worship, the moment you first realize that there is something more attached to this lifesaver, that the lifesaver was sent out from God, that he, at first, he claimed to be God, and it might seem hard to understand until you meet the worship and you realize this really is the Son of God. This really is, once you touch that worship, you realize this really is different. This really is the only hope that I have. It's going to be hard. Right? I'm not saying that Christianity is easy. I'm not saying that it's going to be a, a, a cakewalk or simple from here on out. It might, at, at times, it is going to be the hardest thing you do because you've become so familiar with your driftwood kingdom. You've become so familiar with your, your little float. You've become so familiar, so reliant on this that anything else you say, you know what, I don't think I can handle anything else. I'm in, I'm in some advanced classes to prepare me for high school. I'm on a travel sports team. I've, I've got these things, and I don't know if I can give that up. And some things Jesus says, listen, there's going to be things that, that this will help you with, but listen, I don't need you to add me to that. If anything, those might be added to me, but he says, listen, First and foremost, you need to rely on me first. He says, before anything else, you need to trust me. And then, once you receive training, once you understand, then when you go back into those things, you are the bringer of hope. He says, one day, I might add back into you your, your hobbies, your sports, your academics. He says, listen, I might add those things back to you, and you will be the bringer of hope. You will be the one that goes out and says, listen, I've met the true lifesaver. I've come down from the worship. Listen, there is something, there is more. There is hope, I promise. And when you go on your sports teams, when you go to school, when you go to these things, when you go back into the waves, when you're crying out to other people, 
you can say, listen, I'm like a missionary sent out. Right? Because did you know Scripture calls us aliens or foreigners? It uses, depending on what version you're reading, it says that we're different than the world. Right? Because we, once we've encountered the worship, once we've met the lifesaver, once we've seen this boat, we can go back out and say, listen, I want others to experience true life. I want others to understand what it means to be a Christian. Now, you recall the life you've had, the hopelessness, and realizing, you know what, is, is Jesus really that different? For some of you, you may have, you, you, may, you, know, you may not even ask Jesus to, to be in a relationship with you. You may still be holding on to here. Some of you, you may be at the point where you've said, you know what, I'll add Jesus. I do trust in Jesus. I have accepted him. But you start to realize that if you look at the things you do, you look at your calendar, that realistically you're still living a little more like this. That some of you say, listen, I've added Jesus. Like I, Everything they say at church, I agree with. But then you start to say, has it changed the way you live? Well, like I, I try to be a good person. I try to be nice. Like, but has, has it really truly changed the way you think? Has it transformed you? Have you dropped everything and said, Christ, it's me and you, regardless of what waves come? Christ, I, I don't know how you're going to do it, but it feels like there's just pressures all around me, but Christ, please save me. Some of you have, have made the decision, and you, you say, you know what? I'm just young. Is, is this too early to make this decision? Absolutely not. Right? At this point in your life, I want to train you. I want to teach you. I hope you start to understand that it is time for you to drop everything you've known and say, Christ, it is you and you alone that I need. Christ, I don't know. <laughs> I hear stories of this worship. Is it true? And he says, stay in a relationship with me. Keep tugging. Find that rope. Start pulling. And you're starting to pull and you're realizing, hey, there's, there's some tension on the other side of this line. There's something real. This isn't just a loose rope. You're discovering, hey, there's something attached. And I want to challenge you that wherever you are this weekend, like I said, if you're, trying to just, if you're just holding on to the drift when you haven't even met Christ, some of you are trying your best to balance the two of them. I want to challenge every one of you going into this weekend. This weekend might be the moment you make the decision. I want to challenge you that maybe for the first time, maybe you've just kind of been fighting to let go of everything and just say, Christ, use this weekend to train me. Christ, I've heard other people talk about it, but God, teach me. God, give me that hope. Let me grab on with both hands. Let me give up everything else in this world because <laughs> there's stress at school. Maybe you're going through a breakup. Maybe there's these, these things. I want to challenge you. Hey, listen, hold on tight to him. Because at first, yeah, it looks a little different, but there is far more hope in him than anything else. Then when you first meet him, you might say, man, is, that, is church really that different? Keep tugging. This weekend, use this time to pull on Christ and say, Christ, please come into my life more. Bring me closer to you. And you're saying, God, please, uh, let me meet more. Please, God, I'm struggling in this life. And I want to challenge you that this weekend is the moment that you grab hold of him with both hands. I want to challenge you that if you've never done that, that he wants you. He, it says that, in, like I said in John three sixteen, that he loves you. He loves you so much that he was sent into this world to die for you just so that he can save you. It gives God happiness, glory. It, it gives God the credit saying, listen, Jesus says, I was sent down in this world from my Father who loves you just so we can be in a relationship. 
And I want to challenge you, if you haven't done that yet, make this weekend the time you do that. I'm going to close in prayer. And as we close, I want you to, in your heart, you know, I want you to really fight with where you are in your life. I want you to be talking to God because Satan is going to send distraction. He's going to try to say, no, this, this weekend is just supposed to be fun. This is just supposed to be a hangout time. This is there, this, but as I pray, I really want you to war with what's going on in your life. I want you to say, God, if I haven't grabbed on with both hands, let this weekend be the first time I've done it. And for some of you, you may be ready. You're like, hey, I'm ready to receive. Keep praying that there would be no distractions that enter into you or your friends' lives. So as I close in prayer, in, as I'm praying, you can pray inside of yourself. Be praying, God, please let me overcome whatever struggle I might be going through. God, please let me rely on you and you alone. Let's pray. Dearly Father, Lord, I just pray that we would be reliant on you. God, it can seem like you are no different than the prophets, the, the things we've learned, the things we've heard, Lord. It can seem no different than what we've heard in the past. But God, I pray that you would teach us that you are different. Then this weekend, we'd, we'd rely on you, that we'd drop every bit of our life and hold on to you, realizing that when you save us, God, that everything can now have hope. I pray for the students in here that have not asked you into their heart, that have not grabbed onto you. Lord, I pray that they would recognize that you came down into this world to have a relationship with them. Lord, we pray that you would, uh, that this weekend would be fun, that we'd have a great time with our friends, but the most important thing this weekend, God, I pray that you would allow us to meet you, that we could grab hold to the lifesaver, that though we're out to sea, though we're lost at sea, though we're, it feels like death is surrounding us, but I pray that we could grab hold of you and realize that you are the only lifesaver, the only one to offer true hope. You are the only one that was sent down from heaven and can go back. In Jesus' name, amen.